The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. A Pharisee invited Jesus to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. Now there was a sinful woman in the city who learned that he was at table in the house of the Pharisee. Bringing an alabaster flask of ointment, she stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to bathe his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and anointed them with the ointment. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus said to him in reply, Simon, I have something to say to you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people were in debt to a certain creditor. One owed five hundred days' wages, and the other owed fifty. Since they were unable to repay the debt, he forgave it for both. Which of them will love him more? Simon said in reply, The one, I suppose, whose larger debt was forgiven. He said to him, You have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet, but she has bathed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but she has not ceased kissing my feet since the time I entered. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. So I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, because she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. He said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The others at table said to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? But he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Afterward, he journeyed from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Accompanying him were the twelve, and some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Chusa, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. The Gospel of the Lord. A grandmother shared a story with me about a time when she was watching her two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. The girl's mother was in another part of the house. Grandma was helping the little girl wash her hands in the bathroom. This child was standing on a small stool so as to be able to reach the water, and when she went to climb down, she slipped and fell, hitting her head on a heater vent. She got a small cut and a bump, but as you can imagine, she began to cry and scream and got very upset. Upon hearing the child scream, the mom came running into the room, scooped up her daughter in her arms, and held her close, hugged her, kissed her, and comforted her. She spoke to the child words of love and support. She gave attention to the wound as well, but mostly just attempted to overwhelm the little girl's upset world with the love and comfort and security of her mother. And surrounded by this love, this reassurance, this comfort, this strength and power, the little girl calmed down and eventually stopped crying, got comfortable, and found peace in her mother's arms. 
The mother loved her daughter, and that child experienced firsthand, up close and personal, undeniably, the love of her mother. When the child fell, the mother did not say, "Uh Uh-uh, you know the rule, no crying in the house. The mother did not say, Mary, I told you not to bleed in your good clothes. No, the mother ran to the child to see what was wrong, loved first, and any lessons or correction or other action followed the love. In this way, the child learns to trust, to depend on the love of the parent, that unconditional, dependable, undeniable love. And it is through this experience of the parent's love that the child itself learns to love. First to love its mother and father who feed, care, comfort, and protect it. Then slowly, surely, the child learns to love other family members and eventually friends and others outside the family because it first experienced unconditional love from a powerful source of abundant love. And because the child has learned love from the parent, the child loves the parent and wants to please the parent by living according to the parent's desires. The most important thing isn't the rule, but the love. The child does not try to earn the parent's love by following the rules, but follows the rules because he or she has already been loved by, is loved by, and loves the parent. In the first letter of John, chapter 4, verse 10, it is written, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. We are not called to earn God's love by obeying some set of rules, but we are called to know the love of God in faith and be transformed by that love into a people that loves not because God tells us to love, but as a result of having experienced the overpowering, all-encompassing love of God. Just as a child learns to love by being loved, so we are called as children of God to love by being loved. It is how and why we were created to experience God's love, and to love God and others as a result of the experience. In today's gospel, the Pharisee is a rule keeper that believes he can earn his way to heaven by following the rules. He is so intent on the rules that he misses the experience of a loving God right in front of him. It is the woman who experiences God's love and mercy. She knows in faith that in spite of her sins, that God forgives her, and that experience of God's unconditional love first reduces her to tears and then leads to her own outpouring of love for Jesus, God who loves her so much. She does not wash and anoint Jesus' feet to earn his forgiveness. She has experienced his love and mercy, and her acts of love and worship are in response to the love she claims in faith. Her loving actions are not a means to obtaining Christ's love, but a result of experiencing it. The Pharisee, on the other hand, is so caught up in judging that he misses the opportunity to experience God's love, let alone share in it. Simon is not only judging the woman, but is also judging Jesus. No anointing, no kiss, no foot washing. Then, how can he be a prophet and let this woman touch him? This Pharisee wants a world in which you earn God's love by keeping the rules, But as it says in Romans chapter 5, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Pharisee is convinced, paraphrasing C.S. Lewis, that God wants actions of a certain kind when God actually wants people of a certain kind, those who love as he loves. 
the faith that saves and justifies us, is the belief, the deep down, no doubt believing that God loves us. Not just that he is powerful, almighty, awesome, creator, even though he is, but that he loves us, each and every one of us, uniquely, totally, and completely, as only God can love. We are not called to obey the rules to earn this love. Our obedience is a natural result of our being wonderfully loved. To return that love and secure in that love to be empowered to love others. Not afraid that they won't love us back because God's love is more than enough for us. Not afraid that we might get hurt because God is there to comfort us. And not afraid that it might kill us for God waits to welcome us to eternal life. There is no obstacle that can keep us from God's love other than our rejecting it. In the first reading, Nathan confronts David after David has seriously sinned. David had fallen for Bathsheba, the wife of one of his soldiers, Uriah. While Uriah was off fighting for the kingdom, David committed adultery with Bathsheba, and then when she became pregnant, David arranged for Uriah to be killed in battle to cover it up. David then took Bathsheba as one of his wives. Two big sins, adultery and murder. But even though David has separated himself from God by these sins, God does not stop loving David, but sends Nathan to call him back, to repent and receive mercy, to return to his love. But the Lord didn't say to David, you broke commandments five and six. The Lord reminds David of all he has done for him, how the Lord loved him, not you disobeyed me, but how could you not see how much I loved you? How much does he love us? God says to us through Isaiah the prophet, Can a mother forget her infant? Be without tenderness for the child of her womb? Even should she forget, I will never forget you. See upon the palms of my hands, I have engraved you. How much does he love us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. This crucifix that we put in all our churches, classrooms, and homes, it is more than a reminder that Christ saved us by dying for our sins. It is a testimony of the total, all-encompassing love of the Father and the Son for us. When we come face to face with our sin, whether we have a prophet confront us like David or a come-to-Jesus moment like the sinful woman, our remorse won't come from the technical aspect of some broken law. It will come from the shadow of the cross and the question, how could we not see how much he loved us? Praise be to God that we are justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. May we always live by faith in the love the Son of God has for each one of us, confident of his mercy, empowered by his Spirit, and loving like his child. Send questions or comments regarding this podcast to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.